0: Welcome back, Cal listeners. This is Methodical Millions, episode 46. Cal, I feel like we're witnessing history because we've both been on the front lines and casually watched how people around us who maybe don't really follow investing or trading have become involved in a news headline and It seems like there's a battle going on between Wall Street and everyday normal people. Can you give us an idea of what's going on and maybe how this all started?
1: Such a crazy time right now. This is so exciting, I think, for everyone, whether they're involved or not. Even sitting in the sidelines is quite exciting to watch. So for those who don't know, the short version of the story is... There's this subreddit known as Wall Street Bets, who's known for mostly millennials, young traders that are famous for investing or trading mostly into very speculative plays, very speculative trades, and trying to maximize their growth. There are some of them that are just following others, but there's some that do put in their work. They put their due diligence, they do put in their research. And one of them actually, I think a few months ago, found out that one of the stocks that he's looking at that has relatively low market cap, which is GameStop. GameStop is a company that's a brick and Mortar shop. You can buy video games and sell your video games. And they've been struggling through the COVID situation. So what happened is he realized that there is short interest. Now short interest meaning that there is a large number of people out there. That are betting against the stock, and they believe that the value of that stock is going to drop further and further. But what he found is that the short interest was 138% of the total numbers of shares outstanding. So that means there are more people short of the stock than there are actual shares available for what they call short squeeze. It's quite a technical episode in the regards of explaining. So, short squeeze meaning. When you're short a stock, you borrow shares from your broker, and you sell them, let's say, at $10 a share, believing that the stock price will drop. So when it drops, let's say, to $7 a share, you end up buying back the shares at $7 and returning them to your broker. So what you did is you made the profit of the difference between buying them at 7 and selling them at $10, but you sold them before you bought them. So that difference is how you profit. The risk with short selling is the maximum you can absolutely make theoretically would be 100%. So that means if the $10 stock that you shorted goes to zero, that's the maximum you can make is $10 per share. But theoretically, the maximum loss that can happen is infinite. If it ends up going up to $20, $50, $100, $10,000, There is no limit to the upside because theoretically, a stock can go up and up and up. So in theory, you could lose a limitless amount of money. So with GameStop, there is a huge short interest. Let's call it 130%. He realized that it would be a good idea to buy it. There's no fundamental flaw with the company. It is struggling, but somewhat managing. And that the huge amount of short interest in the stock is unjustified. Now, the challenge is, even though he bought the stock, he's one individual, him buying a stock, no matter how many shares he'd buy, he's an average person. He would not really influence the movement of the shares, but he started explaining his point of view, and the members of the subreddit started buying into his explanation, and that actually influenced the price to move a bit higher. So what happened is some people actually start owning the stock around four to five dollars and end up going higher to 15, 17, 20 dollars. And then in a matter of a few days, which was last week as of recording this, the stock shot up to 60 dollars, and the next day to 150 dollars, or thereabouts. and then the following day to 250, it reached to a high of 483 dollars at one point, which is absolutely insane. There is no reason for the stock to go that high in such a short period of time. In my opinion, it actually dwarfs the movement of Bitcoin. There's nothing small about the Bitcoin move and how high it squeezed up and from where, but it just shows the intensity in such a short period of time that everyone around the world is looking at this. More and more people started buying to the stock and the stock started squeezing higher. So those funds were short are now forced to cover their short position. And what happens is when you cover your short position, you have to buy shares. So when you buy more shares, that provides an increase in demand and pushes the price further up. So it's just a domino effect in a way. And on top of that, what happened is as the stock started squeezing higher, reaching prices it's never reached in its history, a lot of people are basically what we call market makers. Big funds that provide liquidity in the market. And let's say the price goes up to $50, they have to have available options that if someone wants to buy options, they would be able to sell them those options. So let's say a retail investor like John or myself would like to buy some calls and we'd go and place an order and put a price on that call. And we meet the price of the market maker, they would sell us that call. So what happens is, We'd be long the call option at a certain start price. And because of this inflow of retail traders, what we call Main Street, Main Street versus Wall Street, the average traders, I wouldn't say teaming up, but they're all buying into it. And in the volume of all this money coming into the stock has given high demand in it. And what happened is that call buying would cause the market maker to have a negative delta. They would be selling calls for you to buy them. I would buy the calls, they'd be selling it to me. So my delta would be positive, their delta would be negative. Negative delta meaning you're effectively betting against the move. So for them to hedge that position, they would ideally try to get delta neutral and they would buy more shares. And so on it goes. And that just pumped the price of the stock to insane figures. There are a few other companies that have similar aspects to GameStop and have high short interest, not as high because GameStop was the most shorted stock in the stock market when this started, but really caused quite a domino effect.
0: Great explanation. I want to talk about why this is a movement, but first I'll give you my following of this a bit. So, first of all, there's people on the news and these are prominent people. These are actual investment firm CEOs and chair members high up people who are on TV talking to other billionaires about whether or not this is allowed. And you've got two sides of the spectrum. You've got people who have arguable special interests. And I'm going to take a biased opinion on this. I'm going to say I don't agree with Wall Street on this. The people who are speaking out who are the losing side seem to be saying, well, this game is not how it's supposed to go. And what percent of retail investors actually move the market? We've wondered this question before. And now it looks like in terms of coincidence or maybe people rallying together, that amount of subscribers on that subreddit has grown from under a million to seven in a week or two. It's fun to read just for the memes and to see people make money, lose money. Huge growth. Everyone's on it. And how I started following this It was one of the hype stocks. So you got AMC, the movie theater company, BlackBerry, Research in Motion, who sold off to China as far as I understand. But there's rumors they're going to get into self-driving cars. And that was part of the reason why they're booming. So you got some other tickers and these tickers are targeted. So we've talked about brokerages, right? I'm using Thinkorswim, which is a branch of TD in Canada. And the counterpart is TD Ameritrade. And Canadians maybe were not high enough volume, but in the US, actual brokerages did two things. They stopped people from buying shares in these companies during the squeeze. And at the time of this recording happened just this week. So it's very still fresh and people are dissecting how it all happened. But brokerages said, you know what? You can't buy these shares. You can only sell them. Number two. Some people have screenshotted their sell limits get canceled. That's the word going around. People had sell orders. So if you're trading and you buy GME at 300, yeah, it's a little bit fun, but there's got to be a whole group of people who want to see it go to 600 or 1,000. And the chant right now is 1,000 is not a meme. And you're going to see that everywhere on t-shirts, on billboards. Cal, did you know there's about 20 billboards? Including Times Square, that are going up with GME related mantras. And that's why this is a movement because the joke is people are occupying Wall Street with their smartphones from their homes now. And I am drawing the analogy from the BLM movement, people quarantining, and people have time, which made this easier to talk about and protest in general. I've never seen the US protest this much before. But What's more interesting is all these people are bringing up good inequality points. The 1% was thrown around and I don't hate the 1% necessarily. I know a lot of good 1%ers. So we've talked about Chamath before. He's gone to battle. He's probably worth $5 billion. He's investing in climate change, in green energy and a lot of cool things. He doesn't like Wall Street. A lot of people don't. And he is saying, why is the average person getting screwed over? Why is that fair? What happened here is between this blocking of buy orders. So as you can imagine, Wall Street Bets is growing. And before we talk about the whole movement aspect, people want to get in. And you could be already on a brokerage. Maybe you don't use it all the time. And you're like, okay, I'm going to go on Robinhood. I'm going to buy some shares. I'm going to go on TD Ameritrade. I'm going to go on any brokerage. And it wasn't just Robinhood. It was many of them. But the big conspiracy is that These buy orders were limited, some to one per day, some not at all. And what if you were going to buy 10,000 shares? This squeeze was real. It was happening on the retail side. And whether it was other hedge funds as well jumping in, I didn't hear any press about hedge funds not being able to buy shares. So are they on a different playing field? And what happens to the retailers who wanted to buy in? They can't. There's no way this is legal. And The only reason this is a big deal, besides the fact that I believe it's unethical, is that imagine how many people were not subscribed to Wall Street Bets, who had brokerage accounts, who are following this, who see it on the news. Tens of millions of people have seen this and are watching brokerages say, no, you can't participate. We're going to decide we're going to be the gatekeepers of how you get to make money. We're going to tell you what opportunity is risky. And the crazy thing is people on CNBC, not the anchors, but the guests they have on who come from hedge funds, who come from big investment banks are saying there's no fundamentals. The price shouldn't go up. And Chamath made a good point. How many hedge funds play on momentum or technical trading? Why is it that retail can't make money? None of that makes sense. It really, really doesn't. So. We haven't seen this before where big funds and CEOs are saying, this isn't fair. And the reason I believe they're taking a side is because hedge funds are losing. And it happens. People blow up retail accounts. Hedge funds blow up their accounts. But the fact that brokerages didn't just pause the whole exchange, why did the New York Stock Exchange halt trading that day and say something happened? To make it a little bit more fair and pause the game as opposed to forcing retail not to buy. And during those trading days when retail didn't buy, the price dropped a couple hundred dollars and it's back up. So there's a lot of unfairness and there should be outrage. There should be a movement. And we've seen a movement with billboards, with people wanting more and saying, this is my chance to make money. Why can't I? Why are people allowed to buy lottery tickets or go to the casino but can't use an app to buy into a stock? Why all of a sudden are people who didn't matter before so caught up in being the bad guys against hedge funds who shorted at 140%? That should have never happened. That is their misstep, and they should own that. And Jamath also made good points about that in the past where people like airline companies, he had said that's their problem, not people who lost their houses in 08. Those people are going to get left out to dry again. Is that the idea? So it's become a movement because millennials have seen two major bust cycles, although in between was the greatest boom cycle, but it's been so tough for a lot of people. If you don't do this for a living or follow it every day, the economy being where it is, No one complained that the economy was booming for the last eight months. Wall Street was happy. One company skyrockets. And Cal, just to clarify, GME going up 10x in a week and a half isn't necessarily unheard of. Haven't you seen that with microcaps or other stocks before? Happens
1: all the time. Microcap stocks, they can have some news news or a catalyst of some sort that would drive the stock up from let's say a dollar to two to ten dollars or twenty dollars, but usually it come back down. There are some people who categorize some of that action as the pump and dump. So meaning people would try to pump the stock on purpose just to drive the share price up. And then they would sell at the top or at a much higher price. And then that will eventually cause the Share price to drop, and that's illegal. But with GameStop, it's what they call a like short squeeze. So it's just a technical movement in terms of way too many shorts. They need to cover their position, and that's causing it to drive up. So, not in terms of news that drove it that was fake or misrepresenting some information. And like you said, it just begs the question is the game rigged against the average investor? And I don't know. The rules and regulations that the SEC has placed in terms of trading. But a couple of days ago, they released a statement saying that they will investigate the matter and they will make sure the retail investor doesn't miss out or doesn't get hurt because of this move. So I don't know what that will materialize to and what that actually means in terms of what actions will be taken. But you're absolutely right. I can't help but feel quite a bit frustrated on the matter because. I've done a lot of trying to read articles and try to watch some interviews on the matter on TV. And some people would say that technically what those brokerages have been doing is not illegal, which is limiting the buying because they have a regulatory obligation to meet margin requirements. But my question to that or my rebuttal to that would be then why would they not monitor that in the first place? Shouldn't they be more prepared for such scenarios? We've already seen last year being quite the unprecedented drop and buy opportunity that the markets has arguably ever seen before. And there's a lot of volume coming in, a lot of young retail investors getting to the market. And that's what we, I think, always wanted. When you claim to have a free market and you limit one of the players from crossing the line before the big boys, then why isn't across the board as you mentioned. So a fair play would be the regulation comes from the SEC to investigate. or if something happens through the brokers, then they need to understand that something comes either from the exchange itself or that everyone can't buy and sell. Imagine you're in a race, you're the underdog, no one expects you to win, and somehow you get that boost and you're coming close to the finish line, halfway through someone just throws a heavy bag of bricks on your back. You can move forward, just not at the pace that you want. And then the ones who were expected to win ends up winning. Why is that? That's not what capitalist market should be. That's not a free market. That's not the way it behaves. And even though that's not the market itself, the medium of which those investors reach the market, which are the brokers, are quite key here. I was incredibly frustrated about that when it first came up. But I thought, let me hear everyone out. Let me see why it happened. because. I'm not an expert. I'm not an advisor. Something can happen. And for what reason without first looking into it? And to be honest, I wasn't sold on the reasons of why the buying was limited. I can understand some of the brokers that have actually increased the margin requirement on buying those shares because the risk has gone up substantially. That is fine because if you actually have the cash, maybe you cannot use the margin anymore, but you can use your cash to buy these shares. That's understandable. But what I don't understand is not letting you buy, even if you have the cash. That's what begs the question.
0: Yeah. And you're right. It's hard to go very conspiracy necessarily with it. But there's a couple of players who stood to lose here. And one of them was Melvin Capital. So this is a hedge fund that had a large short position. And this company in the last week, where we saw GME go from about 90 to the 3 and 400s, I think by the time GME hit a buck 50, Melvin had to cover just under a $3 billion loss, probably some kind of margin call. So step one is a margin call against the short position. And that happens if hypothetically, let's say Melvin shorted GME with a billion dollars of cash. At, let's say 60. And then all of a sudden, the stock goes up to 150 and they get margin called, almost losing 3x their balance. And I think what happened was they were bailed out, according to the news, by a company called Citadel. And the problem I'm having with all of this, which again, I don't know the facts, but I want it looked into definitely because Citadel, who bailed out this fund, And apparently, that $3 billion blew up again in the next day when GME squeezed in the twos and threes. So they're throwing billions of dollars. The argument from people who are watching who are not part of these funds is there manipulation going on? Because are these funds trying to make themselves right when they're not? And do they have an interest in making GME share price go down just to make their own money? And if this is all true, What happens to GME? Good question. GME's market value drops and their ability to borrow money to grow diminishes as well. And one of the famous sharks, Kevin O'Leary, I saw his clip too, which is very good. He had said, well, Wall Street speculates all the time. By definition, by taking a position even long, you're hoping your shares will appreciate. And it is a guessing game. No one can see the future. Entrepreneurs build the future, but investors are just along for the ride. And Kevin O'Leary was saying, This is ridiculous. How are you going to stop these people from betting? And the counterparty was, I think, a senator or a governor who said, Again, there's no fundamentals. Since when was that a problem? That's what I don't understand. Who cares about fundamentals if people want to drop some money and buy 10 shares? And I would start the investigation through these hedge funds that stand to lose. And let me, articulate this a little bit. Citadel bailed out Melvin for about $3 billion. And Citadel also is involved with one of the brokerages. So I mentioned Robinhood before. They're a millennial style, zero commission, very clean looking app brokerage. And how can they make commissions free? They actually front run your data and sell it to Citadel specifically, who apparently pays them tens of millions a quarter for this data. It's how they make their money. And Citadel essentially can see the order books. And I don't know if they're the market maker themselves, but let's say make 10 cents on the dollar, which is a lot on every trade. They'll see the order flow and maybe use their fancy computers to buy ahead of time from their own brokerages and sell back to Robinhood or whatever that looks like. That's beyond my knowledge. But if that's the case, is there not a conflict of interest? And Why would Citadel bail out a hedge fund on a Monday and on a Tuesday? Brokerages stop trading. Robinhood stops trading, who their customer is Citadel. Citadel pays them. When I sell a car, I look at who's paying us. That's our customer. So the argument for the retail side, for the average investor, is is there a conflict of interest? Are there sides to the story that are not disclosed? And are the shorts, Battling to recover their position with dirty tactics. And thankfully, there are billionaires and entrepreneurs who are standing up for the average person. And I saw a Twitch stream of a congresswoman. Governments are paying attention, and people who want to do the right thing are paying attention. So I think Wall Street is being singled out. They're in the spotlight. I won't take a definitive side, I suppose. It was a good idea to stay measured, Cal, but someone has to look into this. Someone has to say, What's going on here and how much longer can this go? I always say no one will write your check for missed opportunity. So who's going to write the little guy a check? This part, if true, there was a screenshot. I believe Robinhood, someone was holding 4,500 shares and do the math on a $300 share price. It's a lot of money, right? 1.2 million position size. Robinhood apparently closed their position without their knowledge. Can you imagine the implications? Let's say they close your position at 200 a share or 150. And I was screenshotting the bid and asks on my TOS all day during halting of that stock. And this SEC does have halting under, if a share price moves, I don't know, 7%, 10% in under 10 minutes, for example, they have some rules that were already pre-established. So that was normal, but the bid and asks were crazy. So you saw asks of 5,000, of $10,000, of 2,000. For stock price trading at $300. And a lot of the chatter on Wall Street Bets was to set high limits to induce a squeeze. And on the short side, I saw bids at $48. I saw them at $100 when the share price was at $300. So something happened with the order books. Did they all get canceled? And did the halting screw it up? I don't know. Did the halting play a part there? And what still is left to be understood is what happens if your position was worth $3 million at the high and halting froze the stock? And by the time you went back to your phone, your position closed at $700,000 because of the brokerage. And apparently the broker said, these are volatile times. We want to look after you or something to that effect. And I don't understand how any of that makes sense. So personally taking a loss of a couple million dollars, or even 10 grand or a $1,000, none of it's right, because it probably happened to more people than one. And what I would investigate on the SEC side, including the government, is were these brokers induced by hedge funds or Citadel to do these actions? And I don't doubt the liquidity crisis of these funds not having enough to cover. But that's also part of the game, right? If these hedge funds go under, why let them take such an outsized position? I mean, one can argue Robinhood is a newer brokerage, but I think closing people's positions without their consent is egregious. It's absolutely wrong. It's going to have a material impact on what people think of the stock market and individuals' lives. So I just want to wrap up here. This is essentially all we know. There's a lot unfolding day by day. I think Monday is going to be another crazy day as we get into it. But people took notice some wacky things happened we've never seen before. And I'm going to top it off by saying, here's why it's a movement. If you actually want to go read on Wall Street bets, people are saying, I don't like to just throw in money in random stocks, but I don't like Wall Street. They made my parents go bankrupt in 08. They got bailouts while we didn't. We starved. We lost our house. We had family members die because of our healthcare system. We couldn't afford it. We lost our jobs. 08 was a real time of hardship. And Some people arguably never recovered. So this is a movement because people are tired of losing. They're tired of being told one thing and seeing another happen. And I've always been careful to be optimistic in life. But this is the first time I think I see coercion to say, yeah, well, our fund's going to go under. Can you just pause it for a day? We're going to cover our positions because Apparently the shorts did cover from 140% to 112. So there was some covering going on and that just doesn't sit with me. I want an explanation. I want to know what happened, why and why it's legal. And if it's not, I think they should be mandated to pay the investors who lost their money. And it's so tricky because I've always seen this, by the way, on the normal side of retailers complaining that the software froze and I couldn't close my options contract. and I lost $50,000. These things do happen, but this was on such a grand scale. And to top it off, we had talked about certain tickers that are popular with the Wall Street Bets crowd. About seven out of 10 tickers were banned. I've been invested in Tesla for seven years, maybe longer. I've never seen Tesla banned. Tesla's gone 2, 3x in a week. They've had their exuberance. They've gone through these cycles. They've been excessively shorted and nothing has been done. So this is genuinely a unique moment in time where something happened that wasn't normal. And I just want to know who caused it behind the scenes. Let's look into that. Was it some of the hedge funds or was it the broker's decision? So I would contest the story that it's just a liquidity issue. I think there is more forces at play that stand to lose. And I think there should be accountability. I think that's what it comes down to ultimately.
1: I sure hope so. And I guess we're about to find out in the coming weeks, hopefully get a bit more clarity because like I said, this is a blatant case of the retail trader getting the short end of the stick and makes you wonder what else can happen. And am I as a normal investor or trader, am I capped at what I can do and what I can't do? And is that fair? Do I want to be here? Do I want to invest my time, my effort, my money into an instrument that is basically restricted.
0: Yeah, so we'll try and do an update as things materialize and it's a wacky time. So if you saw this in the news and you didn't really know much about it, hopefully you learned something today. And if you're interested, go dig into it, go take a look. We'll see more as it develops. So Cal, I think we got most of the points across that I wanted to cover. I'm just absolutely shocked that This is going on. So there are people looking into it. It's not over yet. Let's see what happens and we'll keep an eye on things. So with that said, let's wrap up today's episode. That was Methodical Millions, episode 46. If you'd like to follow future episodes, you can find us at methodicalmillions.com or info at methodicalmillions.com for episode feedback.
1: Thanks, everyone.